Think big, start small and move faster. One of the first things is to try to break any kind of silos between the different kinds of departments. This is for sure. If you don't transform your company, you will not attract talent. So we need to offer a different kind of experience to our customer. So we need to provide any kind of services that is on top of our product that are always omnichannel services. So and the experience has to be transversal. My role has been, and it is always, a change agent role. A role to drive with the business, sometimes driving, sometimes following a change what that the company is doing. I'm really, really convinced that digital transformation is a matter of uh, more people that are working together and there is not just one player that can take the decision. This is CIONA TV. My name is Hendrik Deckers. I'm here today with Armando Laurenti, who is the CIO of Bulgari. Armando, you studied economy in Rome. You have 23 years of experience in IT management and you've been with Bulgari for the last 20 years in several uh, different positions, logistics applications, retail, production, and you've been the CIO for the last six years. And of course, we all know Bulgari uh, for their beautiful jewelry. Uh, they are the master of color gems. And besides that, they have watches, they have bags, they have perfumes, and now they have hotels and resorts as well. Uh, thank you very much for your hospitality, uh, Armando. It's a pleasure. So, Armando, let's first talk about the um, Omnichannel Acceleration Program that has been implemented here in 2017 and then the projects that are examples of that. Yeah. Yes, we started in 2017 launching this uh, acceleration program on the Omnichannel world with the objective to transform our, let's say, uh, capability to enter in contact with our customer mm -hmm designing a different kind of purchasing path that should not be like just a typical purchasing path, but should be a purchasing path that should be, let's say, should touch any kind of digital touch point mm -hmm. that our customer can enter in contact when they enter in contact with our brand. Because typically your customers, they would go into a store uh, and then buy something and you would, as a brand, you would, as a company, you would not have direct contact with them. Yeah, the point was, uh, again, try to identify a really seamless experience mm -hmm. as a customer experience uh, within the stores, online, yep. and any kind of, let's say, touch point that the customer enters in contact with us. This was the objective. Yep. You know, client for us, uh, is uh, our mantra as a burger is a client rex. So we need, we want to create a unique... The client say, is king. Exactly. Client, client is rex, is king. And we want to create a unique customer experience. Mm -hmm. And uh, we work in a different kind of streams uh, to accelerate uh, this program and to enter this kind of concept in our reality. Uh -huh. And then um, obviously we implement several streams. One was creating a customer service, uh, digitalizing our stores, uh, creating uh, also, let's say, any kind of uh, clienteling app that they can better enter, creating interaction with the customer. Mm -hmm. And within this kind of program, uh, we launch a different uh, new idea design with our business. Okay. And um, one of a very interesting idea that we launched was uh, in, a, in the China market. Mm -hmm. You know, China market, uh, China is for us uh, one of the most important market for us. And also the, cust the Chinese customer is the biggest, let's say, uh, customer panel worldwide for okay. Bulgari. Mm -hmm. So, you know, China is a, is a 
very, very particular market and they also imagine, the yeah. behavior of our <laughs> Chinese customer is it's different than here in Rome. Completely <laughs> different from the, also the rest of our customer as well. Yeah. You know, in China, there is uh, this platform that is WeChat. It's yes. very famous. It's not only a social platform, but it's a, it's a more than a social network. It's a payment platform and Chinese customer use this solution to, to do anything, honestly. Mm -hmm entering contact with a brand, uh, making payments, uh, doing payment and so on. So uh, we launched uh, this project uh, that uh, we call WeBulgari, mm -hmm. to, that was a clientele app that has been provided to our client advisors with mm -hmm. our stores to create uh, this, uh, let's say, omnichannel experience mm -hmm. between our client advisor and our final customer. Okay. What was the objective? The, the objective was uh, to change and also to digitalize our selling ceremony. Mm -hmm. I mean, the selling ceremony. Selling ceremony. Absolutely. That's this how you call it. Yes. Selling ceremony. Wow, that's amazing. It's a selling ceremony that uh, is uh, something that uh, norm typically was uh, like uh, very institutional. Uh -huh. And we are starting to digitalize. That uh -huh. was very important. And uh, for this reason, we introduce uh, devices within the stores. We are provided uh, smartphone to our client advisor uh -huh. that uh, using the WeBulgari app to better okay. interact with our customer. Mm -hmm. uh, what was the, the very interesting things is that the client advisor using WeBulgari is able to share product information with our customer that could be product information like pictures, pricing mm -hmm. and any other information regarding the project and they continue to contact and also maintain the dialogue open with our customer even if when our customer is at Saudi stores. Okay. So when a purchasing path from customer point of view can start when he enters in the stores mm -hmm. but maybe is not finished at the time is continue also when he go outside the stores. Okay. And, and using the WeBurgery the client advisor can share this information with the customer. On WeChat? On WeChat on, yep. the, on, the, on the platform as well. Uh, were and uh, supporting him uh, in the final decision processes. Okay. And the final customer have the possibility also to complete the purchasing online, making the payment on WeChat, directly okay. on their home smartphone. They don't have to come back to the shop. They Absolutely. Can, they went in the shop, they saw the yeah. product, they were not sure yet, and then you That's follow normal. up after the shop experience yeah. and they can do the, uh, the sale on social then. Yeah. Imagine that when you enter in a store, typically the client advisor proposes you a trail of products mm -hmm. to make the choice. We virtualize this trail. Mm -hmm. So when the customer came out from the store, they didn't decide yet to, to buy the product. Yeah. The client advisor can share to the customer the trail of product they already saw in the stores. Mm -hmm. To remember him, yeah. what was the, the initial choice, to give the opportunity to, to the customer to share maybe the the, the trail with the others, creating this kind of a viral, let's right. say, situation and making suggestions from the others. And then the client advisor can support him also on the final purchasing that could be done on WeChat. Mm -hmm. Then it will be like a delivery, if you what customer want to receive the product at home or maybe it's a click and collect coming yeah. in, back to the stores. It's an example of omnichannel, uh, uh, let's say, uh, journey yeah. that the customer can do it inside the store and outside. And what was the, the results of this? Uh, it was a very, very interesting. Uh, the project, uh, the, just to talk about the project, it's uh, 
the time to market was very aggressive. Mm -hmm. So we decided to use, uh, uh, let's say, a design thinking approach and okay. agile methodology. We launched this project, uh, it, the, um, we delivered the project in uh, 12 months mm -hmm. only. And we use also a very interesting concept that is the minimum valuable product concept. Yes. What does it mean? So let's start with the minimum product that we need to deliver, let's see the result, and then we develop the other part yeah. of the project. The minimal valuable product, and or the viable product, the MVP? Both, valuable both. And, and viable, yeah. both. Yeah. Okay, that was the concept. Uh, we choose a very lean team, even if we involve a client advisor, we involve also our final customer making, an inter making some interview to them to understand mm -hmm. what were their need. But we concentrate a very lean team, just 12 people, and uh, we deliver the, the, first the first, let's say, minimum valuable product in uh, six months. Okay. And after six months, the result was very good. We, we had the 2 million euro sales because mm -hmm. of that. And then we start to extend the solution, not only in China, but also in the other region in Greater China, that is Hong Kong, Macau, and Taiwan, where typically our Chinese customers are more, let's say, are more frequently, you know, our customer. So we extend to the other region, and, um, and we continue to use uh, uh, this kind of approach to grow step-by-step step the solution. Yeah. We decided to industrialize the solution to when the number became important. And now in 2019, now we are reviewing the solution. We are integrating more the solution in our global CRM. Mm -hmm. And then we are, let's say, making a, uh, creating a, a solid platform. But uh, because today the reality is that this is a real, real, let's say, one-to-one online channel yeah. that our client advisor is using. And you want to bring that to the rest of the world also out, outside of Asia? We using also outside of Asia. Mm -hmm. We are not using WeBurgery. We use another solution that is similar, okay. always develop on the same concept mm -hmm. because obviously we are using different kind of platform. Yeah. There is no WeChat use maybe in the US and so on. We, we are using a different kind of platform according to different kind of country. Okay. So we extend the concept also to the rest of the world. Okay. Sure. So your approach here is? My approach was think big, start small and move faster. Armando, let's talk about the, uh, the second example of the, the um, transformation project that, uh, that you have done, uh, which is about the RFIDs that you put in these lovely bags here. Yeah. Tell us the idea, the concept behind that. Okay, let's introduce what was the challenge before. Mm -hmm. As you know, as you can see, we produce, a, let's say, a luxury bags. Yeah. And now our craftsmanship and design is a unique. We need to guarantee the uniqueness of our product and the authenticity as well. So we decide, within collaboration with our accessory business unit colleagues, mm -hmm. to use the RFID uh, technology to insert in our bags. Mm -hmm. And we, we launched this project at the beginning to guarantee the uniqueness of product and uh -huh. the authenticity of product yeah. using the RFID technology. Second objective was also to facilitate and speed up, let's say, any kind of operational activity within, uh, let's say, our warehouse and production or logistics. And uh, also having the simple, let's say, supply chain tracking of the product, always using the technology. This was the beginning, but then... It was more internal. Exactly. Yeah. Then we decided to, again, exploit the technology for the, for the final customer interaction. Mm -hmm. As we said before, in order to build this kind of a new customer experience, and because we want to reach our, let's say, 
millennial target, we want to find an innovative way to communicate with our customer. Mm -hmm. And at that time, we think that we could use and that we are using our product as a touch point with the customer. Mm -hmm. So using the, the technology at the end, the bags, uh, has uh, his own digital identity. So mm -hmm. we create a digital identity for each bag. Each unique bag. Each unique bags, and the bags can talk with the customer. I mean, it's not a bags, it's a brand that is mm -hmm. talking with the customer through the bags. Yep. That there was a very innovative way to do it. Mm -hmm. So we develop, uh, let's say, an application that uh, giving the opportunity to the final customer, customer tapping on the bags mm -hmm. to retrieve, first of all, the information about the bags regarding, again, about the authenticity of the product, about the product information regarding the, also the product caring as well, but can have also access, access to some specific content, marketing content, that we can diversify according to the bag, mm -hmm. according to the market, and according to the sales okay. period as well. Mm -hmm. That's very, very interesting because we can tailor the messages, we can tailor uh, say, uh, the information and create a different kind of experience. Yeah. By so you know customer. this customer has bought this back at this moment in this place. Yeah. So And you can tailor your marketing around that to say that yes. maybe yeah. now we need to send these messages. Absolutely. And so on and so this on. is the idea. Yeah. So we can uh, tailor the message uh, if the customer is buying the product in China or in in the US or in Japan, yeah. the, the, the information that we can provide is, could be different yeah. uh, and they also could be different bags by bags as well. So Armando, you've, uh, for the last uh, couple of years you've gone through a serious digital transformation. What are the general learnings uh, for you on, on, on how a company can do a digital transformation? I think that, uh, again, uh, more than, uh, let's say, a technology issue is a real, uh, let's say, enterprise transformation in, mm -hmm. in anything you do. I mean, in terms of talent acquisition, in terms of technology, in terms of uh, idea and the approach. Mm -hmm. It's something that's very, very, let's say, complicated, but in the same time, absolutely exciting, in mm -hmm. my opinion. Um, what I can say is that probably what is key as a lesson learned is that uh, one of the first things is to try to break any kind of silos between mm -hmm. the different kinds of departments. This yes. is for sure. Is the yeah. way to work is uh, has to be completely, let's say, cross-functional, cross-functional, yeah. cross uh, agile and so on, and create uh, this kind of, uh, let's say, unique vision from the design thinking to the delivery as well. Mm -hmm. This is absolutely uh, a, key, a yeah. key aspect for sure, in my opinion. Um, and let me say that also uh, in some cases, uh, the return investment, what you are doing, is not always evident yeah. at the beginning. Mm -hmm. So most of the time you launch many, many projects, but you don't have a real return investment from the economics point of view. Yeah. Uh, and there is sometimes some doubt uh -huh. to go ahead or not. Yeah. Honestly, my position and my idea is absolutely to move on, mm -hmm. to go ahead, because uh, First or later, if you, you don't do it, you really, really, let's say, uh, accumulate some debt from the digital point of view that you put your enterprise in trouble. Mm -hmm. Which part of trouble? In my opinion, first of all, in terms of talent acquisition, yeah. because if you don't transform your company, you will be not, let's say, you will not attract talent. Yeah. This is a, that's my opinion is the, the biggest issue, one. the most okay. important one. So what you're saying is even if, let's say a very traditional company like Bulgari, yeah. 
needs to go through a transformation and, yeah. and I would say an ongoing transformation, yeah. ongoing change on yes. a regular basis um, to at least be attractive uh, for top talent. For top talent, for sure, we need to do also because we need to offer a different kind of experience to our customer. Mm -hmm. New, our customer today, yeah. even if we are a traditional brand, required and would like to have a different kind of experience. So we need to provide any kind of services that is uh, on top of our product that are always omnichannel services. So and the experience has to be transversal. Okay. So Armando, let's talk about how IT and digital are organized yeah. here. You are running um, uh, the IT department for the last six years. I understand that today you operate with a bimodal uh, operating model. Can you talk about that? Absolutely. We start from, uh, let's say, in IT department, obviously that was mainly, let me say, ARP driven mm -hmm. in the past, in the last, from 2000 to until 2010, 2011. Yeah. And all the competencies and the approach was quite, uh, let's say, uh, simple and also like a um, analytical approach, mm -hmm. like a typical waterfall approach for the project, analysis and so on that was typically for the ERP area. Yeah. As you know, obviously now with the digitalization, there is a transformation. Yeah. So we are moving, we are creating a strong belief on this kind of bi-model mm -hmm. uh, because the approach is completely different. Uh, typically in my organization, we am continuing to use the two different modes. Okay. Mode one for any kind of project that is a typical uh, ERP project, a back office project, that could be supply chain, finance, planning and so on. Infrastructure as well, that require a very analytical approach mm -hmm. that are very uh, solid on this way. And on the other part, that is more true for any kind of, uh, let's say, digital marketing project that should be more exploratory, more agile and so on. Yeah. I introduced this content in a very soft way, let me say, try to avoid to give the perception of class A a class B, because mode <laughs> one is uh, less important than mode two. Yeah. But uh, now everybody understands that uh, the, two word, the two way to work can, yeah. are equally important and can live together. Mm -hmm. What's the challenge? How to integrate the two work together? Yeah. Because sometimes the, there is not always a, a very clear, let's say, separation. And we need to create this kind of, a, let's say, a, a transfer of knowledge between mode one and mode two. And the yeah. way to work should be always integrated. And is mode, mode two expanding? I mean, is the agile way of working taking more and more importance in the organization? Or is... Let me say... Uh, is first of all, it's more too is uh, growing uh, in terms of percentage of spending is growing obviously because of the digitalization. But on the other hand, we are launching so many projects in the production side that probably also mode one is continuing to grow as well. So okay. they are growing equally yep. together. You have about 90 people in IT globally. Yeah. So tell me a little bit, how is that organized? What is centrally organized and where do you, uh, because you're really a global organization yeah. and, and, and what functions do you have in the, in the local uh, operations? Sure. We were, we had at the beginning, I'm talking about 2000 first, uh, mainly. We had, uh, we started with a completely centralized model. Yeah. And it was centralized uh, not only because of our IT model, but also because uh, our business model was uh, strongly centralized. We are talking about luxury. And when we talk about luxury, you talk about strong governance. Yeah. You can imagine. So in 2000, when the company started with the expansion in terms of a new market, a new product, mm -hmm. we want to go very fastly, but at the same time, 
maintain always the governance very strongly. Yeah. Okay. At that time, it was important to define a very, let's say, simple core model mm -hmm. that should be able to be replied all over the world. Yeah. So, and then we worked together, IT and the organization department, to standardize business process and application implementing all over the world. Yeah. It was very important, but obviously it's required and also give us the opportunity to centralize anything to, to the corporate, uh, yeah. let's say, department. It was uh, until 2008, 2009. Then uh, we start to differentiate and also changing the situation and moving more and more the strategic part and also the development outside the corporate side to the to the region. Obviously, I'm not talking about all the region, I'm mm -hmm. talking about mainly where we have some specific process that is very, very complicated. I'm talking about mainly production sites, yep. logistics sites, okay. China market, yep. where obviously the differentiation are very, very important. In this case, I'm moving from a global central model to a federated model, okay. where there is a different kind of center of competencies, mm -hmm. also locally, that mm -hmm. are starting to develop a solution. Yep. And so the, the central part, what is it that then you keep centrally in the organization? I could be centrally everything that is obviously ERP. Mm -hmm. So typically ERP remains centrally is a, obviously is an ideal situation yeah. for any kind of CIO would like to have one ERP, one instance globally. That's and you have that? I have that. Okay. That is a huge use advantage that of we course. built in the, in the 20 years yeah. and give us now the possibility to be concentrated on the other part of the world that is the digital. Because for the back office point of view, we are very, very consistent. That's a big advantage. Yeah. So, and this part, we remain always centralized. Mm -hmm. But you can, you can imagine there are so many, let's say, local uh, situations that could require a local application that could be, let's say, put on top of the ERP. That could be, I don't know, in production, that could be in logistics, or could be like, uh, I don't know, the digital ecosystem in China. In this case, this kind of situation will be managed directly locally by, by my teams. Okay.